the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who desires to take the water of life without price come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, you may be seated. A sincere young woman visited a convent hoping to learn how to pray. Arriving there, she was told of Sister Mary Martha, who had a reputation for her unusual kindness and for spending long hours in silent prayer. She could be found working in the cow barn at this time of day. The seeker found Mary Martha in the barn, shoveling manure into a wheelbarrow. And after exchanging greetings, she asked, I am told that you pray often and long. Would you tell me what you say to God when you pray? To which the woman responded, I say only six words. Who are you and who am I? As I was preparing this sermon, I asked myself the question, who are all of you? Here are some of the things about you that I was reminded of. You are the holy ones of God. As believers in Christ, deep within, you already know pervasively and unerringly who God is. The core of this knowledge is the body and soul awareness that the life that flows through you as your very blood is also the blood of Christ. By faith, you trust that Jesus, what Jesus teaches is true. The Father's presence and ever-expanding glory is in and around you. I know that your knowledge of God is much greater than what could be found in the most comprehensive systematic theology because that knowledge is too awesome to be understood or expressed in any set of propositional statements. You are the forgiven ones the glory of God, the friends of God, the house of God, the joy of God, the heart of God's heart, the children of God and his eternal delight. Peter says of you, of his fullness, you have all received. And his divine power has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Together, let us close our eyes and bow our heads in a moment of grateful silence. In today's gospel, we heard a snippet of Jesus' prayer for us and all his followers. In our bone-deep knowledge of the Father God, we can join Jesus in this prayer since we know that he is continuing to pray for us right now and eternally. In Hebrews we read, Christ now appears in the presence of God on our behalf. He always lives to intercede for us. And again in Romans, 
Christ Jesus, at the right hand of God, is indeed interceding for us. We can be confident that what Jesus prayed in John 17, he continues to pray. For our sakes, Jesus applies words to what is normally a wordless transaction of mutual understanding between him and the Father. God wants us to overhear the mysteries that pass between the Father and the Son. For our part, if we quiet our restless hearts and pay careful attention to his words, perhaps we can be begin to better understand who we are and who God is. Though human intelligence and language are not able to express the communication between the, the members of the Trinity, I realize that even our inability is telling us who we are in our nothingness before God. But let me reflect on some key terms Jesus uses in his prayer. Jesus prays, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus, the Christ. When Jesus says eternal life, he speaks of the endless and ongoing love relationship that passes between himself and his Father from before the universe exploded out of silence as the Word made flesh said, let there be. Let there be Isaac and Mary and Joseph and Rhonda. Let there be Dorothy and Ingrid and Amanda and John. He knew and named everyone in this room. In him we continue to live and move and have our being. The flow of life-giving love, which is the foundation of all being, and whose movement causes the Father and Son to remain one, Jesus calls the Spirit. Jesus wants us to know the Father who is eternal life, his words, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension are that definition. Jesus prays, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus the Christ. Jesus prays, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. When he says sanctify, deep within us we hear the mysterious process by which God recreates us to be more open, pliable, permeable, and available to him and one another. His work in us makes us different, sets us apart, perhaps makes us a bit strange to those at a different stage in the journey. It is the silent spirit work that breaks the spell of our distressed defensiveness and surprises us with words of kindness from our own mouth. We find ourselves drawn into the freedom of 
less judgmental attitudes toward ourselves and others, some of the calcified behaviors flowing from the false stories our minds keep repeating to us begin to dissolve in the grace-filled truth who is the risen Christ. Jesus prays, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus prays, yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they kept your word. When he says word, he refers to the fundamental creative building block, the foundation stone that human builders still reject, the essence of the far-flung universe, the hub that holds together the cosmic wheel. The word honors us by telling his father that we have clung to his word, which is to say, from Christ's perspective, we are faithfully abiding in him. Jesus prays, yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Jesus prays, Holy Father, keep them in your name, and I have made known to them your name. When he says name, he points to identity, the deep nature, the combined attributes that make up the persons of the Godhead. By his prayer, we are kept forever in God's deepest being. This is the God whose name means all that is real, all that is beyond what we think we know and is too amazing to be pinned down with an ordinary name. He introduces himself to us in the mysterious, ungrammatical, unpronounceable Hebrew word Yahweh, in which God is both noun and verb, revealing himself as the one source of all things in every present moment. He is dynamic stasis, defying matter, space, and time, a name beyond all names, ever calling us forth like Lazarus from death to life. Jesus prays, Holy Father, keep them in your name. I have made known to them your name. Jesus prays, I and them, and you and me, that they may become perfectly one. This is a unity of all who know Jesus and the Father through the Spirit as eternal life. Just as the Spirit binds the Father and the Son perfectly into one, so the Spirit binds us into the Trinity. This intersection of spirit with spirit joins his being with our being as one living being. The miracle is that even in perfect oneness, we continue to retain our individual, individuality even as the persons of the Trinity retain their distinctives. Jesus prays, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. 
Jesus prays that they may see my glory that you, Father, have given me because you loved me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Here Jesus expresses God's incredible generosity, his desire to share his glory, which is the honor that results from the reintegration of all things into their source. The finished work of the cross by which the eternal kingdom comes to earth, the elimination of all shame and sin, the disbursement of pure spiritual luminosity that makes visible the unity of all creation, that they may see my glory that you, Father, have given to me because you loved me. The glory that you have given to me, I have given to them. Jesus prays they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. The world in scripture sometimes refers to the place we live, planet Earth, or the people on that planet. But our concern here is what is meant when Jesus uses the term to tell us who we are. When he says we are not of this world, Jesus is talking about something within human nature that resists the acceptance of his fully given glory. The world then includes the social pressure to disbelieve and reject his glory and his sanctification. We argue that we are good enough. So the world can be understood as all that resists the openness to God's work as he changes from old to new, sick to well, and broken to whole. Jesus is interceding for us that our fear and anxiety, the usual source of our sin, will be drowned in the water of life. He knows that when we hide our weakness in pretension Anger and violence, our pain and suffering becomes the pain and suffering of others. But through Jesus' prayer, we experience our own weakness and inadequacy and the poverty of our inflated do-it-yourself ego and remember the forgiving God of life that has never left us. Instead, we believe Jesus' words telling us who we are. You are the light of the world. You are the Father's beloved. Jesus prays, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. There in the cow barn, Sister Mary Martha leaned on her pitchfork and waited for the next question from her sincere young visitor. So how then does God answer you? Mary Martha closed her eyes. It takes time and silence and solitude to focus my attention and listen to what God tells me. But eventually, I hear him speaking to me in the marrow of my bones. The quieter I get, the better I pay attention the more I pay attention, the clearer I understand. The Father who hears me in secret 
rewards me by speaking in his secret language of love. So what he tells me about himself and about myself is nearly impossible to share with others. I think he meant it to be this way so that each of us individually would have to come to him to discover how much he loves us. We have watched with the disciples as Jesus rose into the clouds. Now with longing hearts we wait with him for what we already have. A word of summary. When we wait with Jesus in prayer, we begin to discover who God is and who we are. But let me make this final observation. In that dawning awareness of God and self, we are met with a surprise. We also begin to see Christ shining in others. With Gerard Manley Hopkins, we cry out, Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes not his, to the Father through the features of men's faces. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who desires to take the water of life without price come. Come, Holy Spirit.